0: Just fantastic by Nicola Varane. And he does it. And Italy
1: are
0: champions of Europe. Futsal Italia. Ciao, ragazzi, and welcome to another edition of Syria Sit Down World Football Index's podcast for your culture to go. I'm Frank Crivello. He's alive. He's alive, <laughs> Richard Carmen. He's oh, alive. I'm he, alive. Thwarted, he thwarted the assassination attempt by Igor, the five foot seven <laughs> guy from whatever that place is in Moscow, that Stevie said last week. Ludus Lever, some BS. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stevie leaking that uh, he was hired by your wife uh, tipped it off. So. <laughs> he, that's how you're that's how you're here and I figure he might still have a plan left in him and we better get this podcast in <laughs> before uh, before uh, uh, before it's too late. <laughs> If you ciao see Richard. a
1: ciao, if you see a shirtless man in my screen, you know it's Stevie, probably. <laughs> <laughs> all five, seven of them.
0: <laughs> oh, first of all, and again, oh. big thanks to big thanks to Stevie Palillo for stepping in yeah. and uh, just doing an amazing job. That was a great, uh, great podcast last week having him on and uh, getting caught up talking about some things Milan as well as other things that were going on uh, in the world of Calcio at that time. Uh, so, um, otherwise, how are you? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah,
1: it feels like I haven't done this in like a long time. I got still stuff packed away. So last minute, I'm trying to scramble things, put things together. So I got my backup headphones back on. So but otherwise, I'm good. I'm good. I'm alive. And so uh, can't complain. Great football this weekend, NFL and watching the
0: other game going on right now. So, yeah, it's good. How about you? Uh, doing doing good. Can't complain. Um, You know, my favorite NFL team already was on the rails after last Sunday, so I could enjoy the games this weekend condolences to my uh, uh to many of my friends in this part of the country <laughs> as Packer fans for um not having special teams basically is what it comes down to with him. yeah yeah uh so uh just uh disappointing display for them and you know credit to the 49ers right the 49ers are gonna play the Rams and we got uh, the Bengals waiting for uh, whoever wins this 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 uh, Bills Chiefs game as we uh, as we record. So yeah, um, that's all exciting. It's kind of funny. Um, I had a f- I, I know someone that was at a bar uh, for the Packer game. Um, that uh, as soon as that winning kick went through for the Forty Nine ers, the uh, everyone in the bar was already chanting Bucks in six, Bucks in six. Like it's <laughs> amazing how quick the page gets turned. <laughs> On to the next yeah, thing, yeah. So, yeah, oh, that's awesome, oh, man. Uh, awesome. Cambolasso Campbell- is in the house, Anthony Lafleur joining us as always. Good to see you guys. Yes, Pack the yeah. chat if you guys are uh, watching us live here, please drop a like. Uh, please subscribe, hit the notification so that, you know, when future, when we're on the air for future podcasts, but, uh, you know, drop some comments, things that you saw from the weekend questions, um, we will uh, take them on. So, uh, a couple of big games involving, uh, the seven sisters this weekend, we're going to talk about them. Milan, Juventus, Lazio, Atalanta, uh, we will get to the rest of match week, match week 23. Yes. Yeah, 23, 23. Uh, match week. Get The rest of match week 23. The goals have kind of dried up a little bit, but the entertainment didn't. We'll break it all down and uh, wrap it up with the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter, in abbreviated edition. We've only got five days of sample to work with, so the those who do have entries have an increased chance uh, of winning this week. But then we got two weeks. We're off next weekend.
1: International break without the international games. Uh I don't know if I like it. Uh, why? See, it doesn't make sense to me, right? The international break, I get why we have to have it, but when there's no games, why couldn't they move this break during the winter time and, and then move all those games back a couple weeks? You know, I'm like, I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense to me.
0: How were guys able to book Giroud after his match?
1: <laughs> he's saying that I look like Giroud. That's what he's trying to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cliffs in the you look,
0: house. You look nothing like Giroud.
1: Apparently, I'm the love child of Levetsi and uh, Giroud.
0: Apparently, to some people. So. Yeah, Kevin Kevin. I've, had worse I've had,
1: I'll take that. I'll take that. Kevin Carani. Uh,
0: Kevin Karani by a by a and it's not even close. To be fair,
1: that's probably the, these are still the best compliments I've ever had in my life. It's better I've heard worse that've been called on me, so including what what happened when I came back from my vacation, right?
0: When I was about fifty pounds, <laughs> when I was about fifty pounds lighter than this back in the nineties, people looked at me and thought I looked like Christian Padochi. So <laughs> okay, uh, okay. I, that's like that's 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 uh that's that that's that's a random one so
1: to be fair i'm i'm the combined weight of lovetsi and Giroux together so you know it works
0: out <laughs> i'm probably i probably weigh about as I, I probably weigh the same as two Panucci's these days so
1: it was, <laughs> so. at least you didn't say uh two Ronaldos, the original
0: oh yeah the original two, <laughs> yeah that i'd have to revisit some of my uh uh, some of my habits, if that ever that ever happened. Okay, we got a new
1: guy in the chat here, real quick. Uh, before we get into anything, it's Paul asking, "How do we enter someone to Who on couch Twitter?" Easy. You find a tweet that you think is, it's couch related, it's funny, it's not disrespectful. You just do the hashtag Who on couch your Twitter. Uh, that's all it is. And we, you know, we, we look it up and uh, we 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 bring it. So here's the hashtag here. Boom. There's the hashtag. Use that hashtag on any tweet you see that's funny, and then uh, we'll read it during the uh, each of the shows and pick a winner. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the year, we do the best tweets of the year and then give, give the the winners, you know, maybe a prize or here and there. So yeah, that's, it's simple. I mean, anything else you want to add to that, Frank?
0: No, that's just basically it. I mean, while you're, you know, while I, while you were explaining that, I was hoping to, um, uh, put in another entry, uh, but I can't find, uh, there it is. Okay. Uh, it's one that I found really funny. I was originally not going to put it in, but I actually think it's kind of funny. Um, uh, it'll be the, uh, probably the last entry. Okay. Uh, right. here it, it comes from, uh, at Julio grown. Uh, so anyway, um, cool. I, I wanted to make sure that I entered that as well. So, um, uh, Joe Uccello's in the house. Ciao, Joe. Good to have you. Good to have everybody with us. Um, there's more to just kind of talk with the chat tonight cause there weren't a lot of goals and, uh, the, uh, marquee game of Match week 23, there weren't any goals, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, Milan and Juventus, Richard.
1: Yeah, it's uh, one of the biggest rivalries in in, in Italy for sure. Uh, as uh, Matteo and Dre before the game or during the game said that this their derby doesn't really have a name for it, but it's you know one of the you know one of the best European Italian teams versus the one's best domestic Italian teams in the game. Uh, so starting the goal, look at the lineups real quick. Arguably the best goalkeeper in the league, Mike Magnon in goal for Milan. Uh, they went with the back four of Calabria, Kalulu, Romagnoli, and Teo Hernandez. They went with the midfield, two midfield holding uh, midfielders of Tonali and Krunic with Messias, Diaz, Leal behind Zlatan, Ibrahimovic, Frank. Um, interesting lineup, especially with the defenders missing, cent- center defenders, I should say, missing for Milan. Uh, you knew Kalulu was going to be in the mix, but we weren't sure if Romagnoli is going to be ready for this game, who was going to be Gabia, who the heck it was going to be. Uh, thoughts on the lineup in this one?
0: Um, I mean, this was probably the best, uh, lineup, uh, Indra Hari, 1908, just curious who's under whose responsibility is San maintenance, the city council, I would assume, um, because Milan and Inter leased the stadium. Um, let's remember that this game was played 24 after Inter played a home match, um, at the San Siro played against Venezia. So, Unusual circumstances that this is all of a sudden happening, and I'm I, I, I'm I'm getting off topic here with your question, Richard. But um, you never see both of them playing at home in the same match week. You usually see yeah. one away, the other one's away, the other's home. So um, some things are kind of getting scrambled with how they've done the scheduling, and it's led to some consecutive games being played at the San Siro where there's not enough time to allow the pitch to, uh, you know, recover, um, you know, from being used for ninety minutes. So it's there's been risks because players have gotten hurt. Tomori got hurt yes. at Copa Italia. Yep. Uh, so um, it's uh, that's the risk that comes with this. Um, I don't like it, um, but I, I think that I would think the city council or some sort of uh, city organization has to be responsible for the upkeep of that pitch. Um,
1: and, you know, to add to that, I think our, our buddy over at the Calcio guys, Nick, uh, he told, you know, he talked about how, like, Whenever Milan play back uh, to back games at San Siro, right, whether it's it's Inter in Milan or even with Olympico with with Roman Lazio, whenever there's games, back to back games, usually that back that second game, uh, the, the the pitch is worse, players get injured, and it's just horrible football all the way around. Yeah. And we've seen it; it's been a lot in the last few weeks, whatever. And so, luckily, no one really got too injured today. We saw Zlatan come off, but um, yeah, it's not a good state, and they got to figure out a way, schedule wise, to keep keep that from happening because it's not safe for the players.
0: Yep. Um coming back to the lineup. I this is this is the best lineup that Pioli could put out there. Uh it was really good to see Davide Calabria back. Um you know, and getting a start. Uh Tonali partnering Krunic as the uh double pivot. I think we're at a point now where Brahim Diaz somebody made a comment earlier that, you know, maybe he should be su- maybe he should come on as a sub you know, until he regains his form. I, I don't think so. I think start him. Okay. Just keep letting him go out there and, and find his form and regain his form. Okay. Uh, give him minutes, give him 70 minutes, give him 75 minutes. If it doesn't work out, you can go in a different direction. Um, what intrigued me was, you know, it, it, Mateo made the comments before the game that he was intrigued by the left-hand side of Milan's attack, which is, extremely dynamic it's teo and and, and rafael leao the combination of that going against quadrado and decilio i just i added to that when i when we when i was looking at twitter um I, things that you had to look out look for in the game is as it re, as it pertains to milan um milan had to figure out th- they were going to have to move the ball quickly They were going to have to have variety in what they were doing because it was going to be a Juve team that was going to be organized. They were going to be set up. They were going to probably weight things to that side uh, to where I thought this could be a really good game for Davide Calabria in particular with what he likes to do going forward. You see what he does when he runs. Sometimes he'll make some wide overlaps, but what you're going to see him do more often than not is he comes inside. OK, so it's the you, you pull Messias wide. Maybe he pulls Alexandra with him and that's going to get, you know, Davide Calabria running, getting in front of him um, and and coming into the inside and creating some issues. It's a way it was a way to lo- unlock Juventus's defense. Um, I thought that this game would set up really well for Sandro Tonali to really do some damage from a deep lying position. Um I I thought that it would be a situation where Brahim Diaz would continue to get lost. Uh, And then it came down to could Junior Messias come up with something because something was going to be needed from that side Um, with attention that was going to be put on Leo, attention that was probably going to be put on Taylor Hernandez. Uh, So that's kind of how I looked at it with how Milan were going to operate in this game.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a fair assessment, too. And I think, you know, Mateo is right. I mean, the the most dangerous side for Milan offensively is Teo and and Leal. And it's funny because I I put up a poll. I don't know if the results were. I saw the early results where it was – I said, it's who has the worst defensive assignment? Is it De Shilio against Leao or Teo against whomever? And it's a joke because, you know, Teo is not really that good defensively. But the sure. majority of people said the Shilio, right? Because Leao is so dynamic. And even when there's two guys on him, he finds ways to get by the guys. His change of pace is ridiculous. And so um, that left side was going to be an issue a, a issue for Juventus. And Milan, you know, as you mentioned, you figured Juve would kind of shadow over there and try to help that side and kind of give Messias the opportunity to really have a big game. And he really didn't have one in this one. Not as much as we had hoped.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I like the lineup. I, I liked some possibilities. I was just, I was looking ahead to see what else could Milan do to try to unravel Juventus. Cause they were going to be set up to, they're going to be, they were going to be set up to stop Milan. They were going to be set up to put a lid on Milan. <laughs> Chiellini was going to man Mark Ibrahimović. Yeah. Um, which is what happened. And it's, we we so we saw he gets hurt has to come out, Sheridan comes in, so the role really doesn't change for Chiellini there. No. Nope. Um so where were you going to get your chances cuz it probably was not going to come from the striker. There was going to have to be some kind of creativity and mobility uh you know from what Milan could offer going forward. Um you know with this with this setup and there were options there were options to do that. Yeah,
1: and I think um there were options but you know really they didn't they could have done a lot more i think they left a lot on the table yeah. and um you know joe makes a great point that you know tonali was a boss in the midfield today he was he looked very good today but you, he needed to help of abraham diaz who kind of looks static really the whole team looks too static in my opinion not really enough movement in that in on the pitch outside of layout and so it showed they didn't create many opportunities because of that so um, yeah, it was an interesting lineup. And then looking over at the at the away team, Wojciech well, Chesney and Goal, a big game goalkeeper, in my opinion. Uh, they went with the back four of De Cilio, Rugani, Chiellini, and Alexandro. You mentioned Chiellini already being the boss in that back, back four. Uh, they went with the midfield of Bentancur. Look at with Cuadrado, Dybala, and McKinney, all behind Alva Morata. Uh, interesting lineup for me. I guess the question was always going to be, was it going to be Bentancur? Was it going to be Arthur? Uh, you know what Locatelli is going to be there. McKennie's been playing a lot well, really well lately. Uh, and then the ball and are always going to be the danger men behind Morata thoughts on the lineup for, for Juventus going to this one.
0: This was probably the, 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 the with Locatelli was the correct answer to start the game based on how Juventus want to set up. Um, you know, they, the, the, the role for those two guys was relatively simple. Um, you know, crowd out Diaz, which right now isn't hard to do. Um, And then at some point, one of them steps up and gets to Tonali when Tonali's on the ball. Um, So so I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I look at this game, when I looked at how Juve were setting up and I looked at Milan and I looked at the center back pairing of Kalulu and Romagnoli coming back for the first time in a while. And my immediate thought when I said Juve – has to test those guys and it has to be with cuadrado getting the ball wide and pumping in crosses um getting getting to getting it to morata getting his head on a ball um and then mckenney being the guy that finds his way into the box mckenney scoring goals in the box and getting into the he's he's doing a lot of what Chiesa did last year you know i mean kiesa obviously i'm not comparing them as footballers i'm just talking about the actual role you're seeing Chiesa find his way into those into those yeah. spaces in the box and those crossing situations that nobody's picking up. And it's one of the things that I mentioned before the game, what to watch for. Do Milan and especially that double pivot, do they get caught ball watching or will they pay attention, you know, to where McKenney's gonna be yeah. uh you know, in these setups? Because he becomes if you just leave him if you just leave him alone, he becomes dangerous. You, you just need to put somebody on him and he doesn't become a factor. Um yeah. So I did not think this was going to go through Dybala. Also because I don't think – Dybala just doesn't play big in big games. Um, And I thought if if there was going to be success and if there was going to be chances from Juve, it was going to come off of Cuadrado's right foot crossing balls in. Um, And I think also
1: you had the big players from both teams going to cancel each other out for the most part. And I agree with you. I think Cuadrado and McKinney were going to be the ones for Juventus who are really going to unlock that – uh, yep. Milan defense, I thought, uh, just like you, and then from the Milan side, it would have to have been something like a Junior Messias or Brahim Diaz. So I'm, I'm right there with you on that.
0: Yep. Um, no, Joe, go ahead. You had...
1: Well, Joe Joe asked an interesting question, right? He says because you were talking about how good Chiellini was against Zlatan early on, and then Giroud later on, it was a pretty good game for Chiellini overall. I mean, he had those guys in his back pocket, and so Joe asked about Chiellini when his career is over. Where do you rate him next to Maldini and Barzini? Now, for me. He's going to be behind those two, and honestly behind yeah. Nesta, but he's right there. He's fourth, just behind fourth, I think. Uh, but I uh, maybe it's a bias because I'm a Milan fan. But I think Maldini, Baresi, and and Nesta were just phenomenal defenders for long periods of time. And so is Chiellini, no no doubt about it. But I think he's and Maldini. Just...
0: Maldini and Baresi were better footballers overall. Yeah. Um, yeah, better with the ball at their feet than than Chiellini. Um, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. I knew you no, were on a roll. I was done.
1: No, 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 I was done. I was just saying, Nesta is just, to me, was one of the best, like, flat-out, pure, talented defenders. And like you mentioned, Baresi and Maltini are just so good. They are always the top two no matter what, wherever you look. Um, and there's no disrespect to Chiellini. Chiellini is a phenomenal defender both for Juventus and for the Azzurri. But, you know, if it's me, you know, ranking them, I have him fourth just behind those three. And it's no disrespect to Chiellini because I think he's a ridiculous defender. Um, fully respect him and everything he's done for Juventus and, and the Azzurri, but he's just not the top three for me. I don't know
0: about you, where you where you rank him? Chiellini takes your most dangerous striker and picks a fight with him for ninety minutes. That's what Chiellini does. Um, yeah, I me mean, not with the not not like fist getting the fisticuffs or anything like that, but you know, in footballing in footballing terms, he gets he gets to you mentally because he's doing all of the different he's doing all of the different things all of the different tricks. I mean, he's a savvy veteran defender. All the tricks in the book. Who did Romelu Lukaku have the hardest time with when he was here in Serie A? Chilini. Okay. Um I don't even think he scored he he might have scored against Juventus in a game where Keleini didn't play, but when Keleini was in, he man-marked Lukaku and I remember the I remember a game where he man he man-marked Lukaku out of the game. Um, which is hard to do, um, and usually wins that fight too. Absolutely, um, I, I would say, you know, if you want to talk about wrestlers, Chiellini was a, you know, Kielini was a. I don't know if Ric Flair is 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 a way to put it because he's not like he's not a nature boy. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Ric Flair but always had that. Ric Flair always had the dirty trick that he would just come out of nowhere with, you know, and all of a sudden have the edge on his opponent. Um, You know, for me, Chiellini is, is similar in that vein. I mean, he's, he's going to come up with ways to frustrate you and take you out of the game. Macho man, Randy's, "Ah, I don't know about (laughs) macho man, Um, you know, but maybe Ric Flair where, where, you know, Sergeant Bre- slaughter, but he might've been your macho man. And, 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 and Maldini might've been, gosh, I don't know. Um, uh, but anyway, so, and you knew exactly what was going to happen with Chiellini in the starting lineup. First thing I said, was said, you know, Zlatan's going to get canceled out of this. Yep. Um, well, he ended up getting hurt. So, so ultimately <laughs> it was easy to be right on that one. Um, but you knew either either one of the road warriors. Okay, I <laughs> don't hate that either. Um, so Do you take, would you
1: take Chiellini over Canovaro? Bartolomeo is asking. Poof. I, me, I would say yes based on longevity. What Canovaro did in 2006 was no, no. He won the Golden Ball for it, right? It was ridiculous, and he's had yeah. some good years. But I think longevity. Chiellini slightly does it over me. I mean, not. I love Cannavaro as well. He's one of my all-time favorites. But I, again, I think Cannavaro uh, is just behind Chiellini in that regards. Mm. That's just me, and I know people are going to disagree. But what are your thoughts?
0: I I don't have a pro. I don't think I have a problem with that. Um I think that Cannavaro. Yeah, yeah. I Cannavaro. And ended up phasing out. I think there was... For Fabio Cannavaro. I think there was a space about of about two or three years where he was really, really good, where he was at the height. But then after that, he wasn't... He he didn't maintain an elite level of defending and play, you know, to the extent that Chiellini has, um, to the extent that the Milan defenders have, um, you know, uh, Godin pre-Cagliari. Um, you know, he, the, he didn't have the extended consistency, you know, the rest, of, the rest of these guys had, he had a burst obviously in 2006 is what he's always going to be known for. Uh, and maybe the couple of years before that, and maybe the year or so after that, and that's it. Okay. You didn't get a whole, you didn't know a whole lot about him after that. Um, so, um, that's, uh, that, that that's what I would say. I would, I would probably take Kielini in that sense. Um, uh Indo Indro Hari saying that Chiellini is on the same level with Maldini nothing more nothing less not on the same league as Baresi Maldini Cannavaro uh, okay Maldrazi to me was another one of these was another instigator as a center back okay yeah. there was he was probably not the defender that Chiellini Cannavaro Milan defenders was but he had ways to get I mean you only got to look at Zidane in the 2006 World Cup you know he looked like a nuisance he looked like he was going to be a nuisance and he looked like he was going to get under your skin so um and uh and he resorted to that probably a lot more be you know to make up for some of the other deficiencies that he had as a defender overall so yeah
1: yeah I love it how we started out talking about Milan Juventus and we went on this whole like history of uh, defenders here. <laughs> Which of defenders, great, yeah? Why not? Great, great conversation though. No, great conversation. But back to the game at hand. Um, interesting game this one was. You know, both teams. And I don't know if Cliff mentioned this or who mentioned it in the chat, but you know, both teams were very static in this game. Hmm. Um, first half, I would say Milan had the edge in terms of opportunities. I think it was like nine to three in terms of shots on on target. Um, but really. Outside of the fouls, which was the interesting thing, was the referee who's going to be who's going to start this game. And I forget his name. He ended up getting COVID or something. He couldn't and he couldn't partake in the game. So they brought the VAR official to be the head. Orsato,
0: right? or, Orsato. 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 Yes. Yeah.
1: And so, what's his name? Di or whatever. his name DiBlessi, whatever. Um,
0: he. If Orsato's in... if Orsato's refereeing this game, the way it flowed, there was there's there's at least one player sent off.
1: Yes, and I think the game would have been different because I think. The referee was letting them go, um, calling inconsistent yellows. Should have been a lot more yellows than it really was, right? The players were just doing whatever the hell they wanted out there. And I don't think he had a good control of the game, and, and I don't think the, the players on their half did enough. You know, some of the comments was, you know, Pioli can't go out there and actually take shots, right? It's the players that have to go there and finish these opportunities, and I agree with right. that. Players are missing these final passes, when Giroud came in, he was too too often trying to be the the playmaker when he had great opportunities to take shots. He he didn't take his opportunities. Juventus didn't create enough. They had some chances here and there. Uh, you know, there's a there's a call I would argue in the first half and I'm curious about you where Kalulu, I think it was Kalulu clears the ball off of Murata, kicks him. Could have been a penalty, I guess there, right? I don't know, That's you thoughts.
0: That was Messias that kicked Murata. yeah. Messias,
1: Messias, yeah. That could have been a penalty. Uh, we saw a bunch of yellows that should have happened that didn't happen. I mean, there's only what three or four yellows when they really could have been, fifteen
0: maybe. This game, um, if Orsato, if Orsato's the referee, that's a penalty. Yes, I agree. He's he he'll he'll call that. And I would not. So I would not I think we're maybe Milan are fortunate that that Orsato yeah. ended up getting COVID. So
1: yeah, and I think it would have been I would have been fine with that call too because I think Messi has completely got or Morata in that play. So. um yeah, it was an interesting first half for sure. I thought, like I said, Milan had the better of the play. But thoughts on on how the game not only started, but it just didn't really get a chance to get going. It's a big game. It's always going to be tight. You know there's in these big games. It's never going to be high scoring unless it's a rare year. How would you see this game as it, as it evolved?
0: Went the way I expected. Um, you know... Except for I, I thought it would be 1-1. I didn't think it would be 0-0. Um, I thought that each team would find a way to get a goal. Um, but I think that that's a credit. In any, and I've been reflecting on the um, Sandro's tackle on Calabria penalty or not. I mean, it, it, that was at the beginning of the game. And, that you know, that was the effect of Calabria's runs forward right away having an impact. And I would have thought that they would have had a look at that. I think VAR had a quick look at it and said, no, we're good um, let's play on. I mean, I've, I've seen referees give that, um, I've seen other referees let it go and say, Hey, let them play. Um, I, I'm not comfortable giving that a penalty personally. Um, I know that a lot of Milan fans would have liked to have seen it, but, um, I, 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 I get where you're coming from there, Bart. Um, but, uh, I'm, I think that that's one of those that creates a shit storm uh you know you know to be honest i don't know what would you think about that incident
1: that was a lot closer than the murata call uh, the non call murata um i thought you, know, you could i could see both for both of them being call penalties i can see both non call penalties yeah. um but i thought the i thought the murata one was more clear cut than than the, the Calabria one but again you know as a milan fan i wouldn't have uh, been hurt if uh, that was called a penalty for milan uh, against calabria so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting interesting one. Referee didn't really do a great job in this one. The players didn't do a great job in this one. Uh, one of the players, one of the highlights for Milan, I would say, is Rafael Liao. Right, first half, I thought he did very good, very dynamic. And I think as one of the one of the chatters said that he kind of disappeared in that second half. And I don't know if he kind of run himself tired or Juventus and Allegri adjusted, which you would expect because Allegri is, is very good at that. What did you see from Leal? Because I mean it was two different tail of two different halves with him.
0: I think he faded out of the game as as it went on. I don't know. I don't I I don't think that Juventus really did anything magical to adjust. Um you know they said, you know, it's it's what I anticipated. Um to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Um it's what I anticipated to see. Um Juventus was not going to leave DeCilio on an island against Liao. He was going to get help. And he was either, initially he got help from Locatelli coming over from the midfield. There were moments where Rugani was coming over to provide support. And it looked like early on, Lagro was fine with taking his chances leaving Cuadrado high. And then Cuadrado started drifting back. Which I'll take all day long. It's like, all right, you can't 100%. Yeah, you can't score and cross from from there. So um So that was satisfying for me to see. It was the the concern was, the concern was, okay, Cuadrado staying high. If we don't get these attacks right, they counter right out to him, and we have a set of problems because of, you know, Leal being forward, Tail being forward, um, you know, and things like that. So, uh, i i thought I thought Leal was really good in the first half. He obviously had a lot of influence on the game. He was able to break free for some crosses um I would have liked to have seen him be. A, there's a couple of examples that I, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't re- recall them, but where I would have liked to have been a little bit more decisive. Where I thought he took a touch too many, but those aside, you know, his decisiveness is not an issue. At least in recent games, he's 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 doing a better job of taking what's given to him and and just taking advantage and attacking it. You know where. I think early in the season you saw Leo taking that extra touch and everything was gone. So, um, you know, so I thought he did a good job being aggressive in those situations um, where it had to happen for Milan um, when he was on the ball was getting that, getting that support where, you know, tail was coming through on a cutback. You know, if Ruggani going to support Decilio, give Rugani something to think about. And if he chases tail cuts into the box and Rugani decides to chase that now it's one V one. Now it's what we want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but not enough of that support was happening. So Leo was left in some one V two, um, that, that made it a little bit of a challenge, but it's, you know, it's, um, uh, it's, it's what it is. Um, so I, I, I thought layout was I thought layout great first half second half faded away, just, yeah. just what it happens. Yeah, you put so much, you put so much into it. I mean, at some point you keep punching and punching and punching, you're going to get worn out. So. Yeah,
1: that's what happened to Mike Tyson right in his career, right? Punch if he doesn't knock you out early, you're probably gonna get a chance if you stay. That's a yep. holy field one, right? Anyway, I digress. How Rocky um, beat
0: Clubber in Rocky three. There you go. There just you go. Just let him punch. Just let him keep punching. Let him wear him out, let wear out. And I'll just <laughs> round three, I'll knock you out. Not knock, knock you meant, your ass out.
1: You were mentioning about Rugani. We talked about Kialini obviously already. I thought both sets of central, central defenders played very well in this game. I thought Rugani and Chiellini for Juventus did a really good job of keeping things in front of them, not letting the really dangerous play happen in front of them. And I thought Kalulu and Romagnoli both had fantastic games as well. So I thought the center defenders were pretty good. Um, I agree with you – know, I, I think it was I think it was on CBS. I heard it. Maybe it was Dre and Matteo, But um, they were saying that this is a chance for Juventus with how depleted Milan is that they really should be on the front foot in this game. Uh, and really try to take advantage of this weakened Milan side. And uh, even uh, Alberto here for all UV UV cast is saying the same thing. And Allegri is not doing that. He wasn't doing that. He he was going to set up to be disciplined, not give up too many opportunities. And unfortunately for Juventus, that wasn't good enough because Cuadrado had his chances here and there in Dybala as well, but it wasn't enough from Juventus. And really for majority of the game, I think Milan had the better of the opportunities, if you want to call them good or not, they had the better of the opportunities against Juventus. And again, we, every time we think allegri is there with juventus granted, they didn't lose today it's things like this where they don't ha- he
0: doesn't have that killer instinct it's hurting him hurting the team i'll talk about juventus i mean Danielle bergerani i made the I, I i put out the tweet i think before halftime i said this is this is the best i've ever seen gianiel bergerani play um and uh so alberto and joe you don't have to like feel weird for feeling that way because I'm a Milan supporter and I, I, I happen to watch a lot of Serie a and I used to be really, really down on Daniele Rugani, but I was impressed with his performance. His role was defined. He stuck to it. He didn't, he didn't look lost out there, which he can tend to do in games. Uh, and he executed his role really well. Uh, when he had to help the Cilio out, he helped the Cilio out when he had to pick up and when he had to pick up a free man, um, he, he did it. You know, he, you know, I think having someone with Chiellini's experience next to him probably helped him because he, Chiellini was left to do the dirty work on the striker for Milan. Uh, but and that probably simplified Rugani's role. They didn't get into a situation where they passed the striker off. They just made it exclusive. Chiellini's on the striker. Rugani, you're going to be floating around giving cover, you know, in certain areas, and he did a great job. Um, Kalulu and Romagnoli based on the way the game unfolded, passed with flying colors. But Juventus didn't do nearly enough to take advantage of that partnership. Um, uh, Romagnoli back for the first time, Kalulu deputizing his center back. At least two moments when Cuadrado got the ball wide on the right-hand side and Murata was in the box with Kalulu next to him. That's a win for Morata every time and both times Cuadrado passed up crossing it for something else. Um and I was stunned. I sat there I was like get that ball in the air and get that on Morata's head if I'm a Juve supporter. I said how is that not how is that not happening? Um and he was looking for for some other option and then Milan's able to recover, they're able to regroup that particular advantage that they have in the box is gone. They finally went to it one time in the second half and, and Morata headed it wide. But I would have thought if Juventus at least tried that multiple times, there would have been a couple quality chances that they could have carved out of it. And they could have they could have given Milan some trouble. Um, yeah. You know, so while Kalulu and Romagnoli were excellent, um, they were excellent for what they had, what they were asked to do. Because they weren't asked to do a lot. Yep. I mean, Juventus made it easy for them. Absolutely.
1: I agree. I agree about all that. And so game in, 0-0, zero, zero, as we all know, uh, kind of uh, encapsulates the whole weekend, really. Because some of the, a lot of the big matchups we thought were going to be good scoring games, like Lazio-Atalanta, and all the, a lot of 0-0 zero, zero games, unfortunately. And so, uh, yeah, this uh, the teams share the points. I It's not bad result for either team. Um, because... Obviously, Milan would love to have a win and keep up with with Inter. Juve would love to win and, and be within a, you know striking distance of Milan and Napoli. Um, but they don't really nobody loses points here really, and so they're still in the mix. That the top four is ever tight. It's even though Juve or Inter have a four point lead at the moment. I mean, the top four race it's it's a dogfight right now, and it's you know Juve's in the mix now, and that's where every other team in that top 4 was worried like if Juve got into the mix be careful you cannot discount Juventus despite how poor they looked at the beginning of the season um it's it's an interesting race frank and uh yeah i guess at the end of the day 0-0 was a fair result
0: it was um milan didn't carve out nearly enough juventus didn't carve out nearly enough um you know it almost felt like Both of these teams were going to be just satisfied with the point, too. Um, Anthony's talking about a clear answer on the right from Elon. And I know Stevie exhausted this last week as well. Yeah, there's no answers. Um, And I mean, there's been multiple times and we talked about this last week. Why why not try Ante Rebic on the right? Um, You know, at this point, you got nothing to lose. I even made the comment. I said, why not? I was actually sad to see Calabria get taken off. I would have liked to have seen, if you want to put Florenzi on, put him in that right-wing position where he's got some crossing and some technique. Um, I understand. But instead he was brought on straight up for Calabria at fullback. And then Salamakers is brought in for Messias. Messias is in there to try to create something, and he created nothing. Salamakers then gives you industry at that position. He he can't finish. He had a chance to after he nutmegged – I can't remember. Did he nutmeg Rugani? No, De DeSilio, De Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, but then he couldn't finish his chance. Salamakers simply cannot finish a chance. Um, so you're not looking to that, but you're looking for a guy that can provide some work rate, right, try to take some things away. Um, <clears throat> Juve brought Quadrado off, which surprised me. Um, yeah. I was happy to see that from a yeah. perspective. I thought he would be the most dangerous provider Juventus had in this game. I was not worried about Dybala in this game.
1: Though I think he may have been taken taken out of the game because he was getting closer. He was getting more and more reckless. He should have had a yellow earlier on in the game. He, he, you know, he was, I mean, I could see why Allegri probably took him off. But, yeah, I was happy to see him come off because he was one of the dangerous players for Juventus, I thought.
0: But then they went to Dybala and Bernadeschi on each flank, and then they moved to McKenney centrally, which you know, I thought was a smart – He's a box of box guy. Yeah, which was a smart option because then he can find his way into those boxes and he's not coming in diagonally from a flank and then he has to recover all the way to that flank. Now it's central. It's straightforward. Um, McKinney's bread and butter
1: are the headers right in the box for the, with the set pieces and then playing the box to box and being that trailing midfielder that, yeah. that comes back in the box and gets a loose opportunities for a goal. That's his bread yeah. and butter. And so, cut, back runs
0: are, cut back runs are where he, where he kills you. And, and, he, and he nearly had one. He I think he put the header wide. Um, but he got free. But that was the only time that he got free. So I mean, you got to give credit to the midfield of Milan for, you know, paying attention to that and maybe taking that away. But I think that you also have to uh, be critical of the playmakers in this Juventus setup for not recognizing that that was probably going to be the way you were going to beat the Rossoneri today, and you didn't do enough of it. So um, it's uh, so you know, Giroud. In the last comment, I'll make about Giroud the more I've thought about this after the game is I, I I think that's just the effect that Chiellini will have on you. Okay. If he, thanks Joe. Ciao. Um, uh, if he, um, if Giroud takes an extra touch, brings things down, Chiellini just going to tackle it away. And that's, that's the, the case for Giroud playing the way he did and flicking things on, just kind of a let me keep the ball moving and hope this falls a second ball falls to a teammate and they can finish it. Because if I try to bring this down, I'm losing it. So you know you, yeah. you do have that to contend with. But strikers have to seize even the least chances. Good goal scorers have to seize the least chances that that are available to them um yeah. and see if they can make something out of it uh and and yeah a little hesitancy from Girouda was a little unfortunate um but it's what it is
1: it is what it is we spent all this time talking about a zero zero game i guess we have a bunch of other games we should probably talk about too huh? we
0: got to talk about another zero zero game oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so. Lazio and Atalanta didn't want to score goals either, and uh, Lazio had 61% of the possession, nine shots, one on target. Atalanta, six shots, two on target. Uh, Richard, um, Saudi's 4-3-3 in action. Uh, Stokosha, Husai, Luis Felipe, Patrick, Maricic, uh, SMS, Lucas, Luis Alberto, and then uh, Chirri Moble flanked by Zaccagni and Felipe Anderson. Yeah. Um, becoming standard um thoughts on lazio
1: yeah you know that lineup is interesting for me i mean i i like zakany in this advanced role right we we both think of him from his his times at hellas and playing more you know in the back further back in the pitch uh and still having this great impact on both sides of the pitch offensively and defensively and so seeing him in this new more advanced role i like it it gives him less responsibility so maybe he can create more opportunities um overall the lineup though Minus Lucas Leva. I I like this lineup. I think uh, obviously you know Maricic is going to be Maricic and Patrick are questionable. Housie as well, right? Is defensive side of the game that seems a little bit more questionable for Lazio versus their offensive side seems a lot of talent. But um, you know maybe they can address this in the January window. Who knows? But the lineup overall, I liked it. I especially you know scenes scenes Akane so far up has been more you know routine as we see you said as a late uh, is a
0: decent lineup. I thought. Okay. Um Atalanta have been really short-handed of late. Musa was in goal. Jim City, Demarel, Palomino across the back. Zappacoste and Petzella on the wing backs. Uh, Scalvini and Freuler uh in midfield. Piscina behind Miranchuk and Piccoli. Um is it a COVID thing with Atalanta or is it an injury cry? It looks like an injury cry. Ilichich, Malinowski, Zapata, Gozens. Well, Gozens might be going to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Atibor um melee did return and got in played about the last 30 minutes uh thoughts on what you saw with atalanta's team
1: yeah i mean i think it's certainly a combination of you know injuries and and covid right uh, i'm good to see uh piccoli getting the start but again it's probably out of necessity more than anything yeah. else right if you have the options of duvan zapata muriel or piccoli i mean piccoli's gonna be third every time but no good sure. did see him in there um I was curious with this lineup how they were going to play. We know Atalanta like to play their style of football. Um, Unless they're playing, you know, Inter where they kind of change things up, where they going to attack? And I was curious when I saw this lineup come out, like how would that fare against Lazio? Because I see weaknesses on both teams that both could take advantage of, which I expected when I saw these lineups, I would say, okay, we're going to have a goal fest here because of this. And we didn't have that. And I think all these, you know, Atalanta not having their bread and butter, you know, so to speak. They had a lot of good players out there, but still missing some key guys that kept them from getting that final touch in there. Um, it was an interesting lineup for me for Atlanta, but uh, you you have you can only do what you have in front of you, right? If you're if you have so many players injured or, or out you got to do what you got to do and, and Serie a to win the Scudetto to make the, you know, champions league. You have to be consistent no matter what you have to have depth. We talked about how Atalanta have one of the best depth in the, in the league. It was really put to the test in this one.
0: I mean, I think this result tells you everything you need to know about these two teams and kind of the state of them right now. I, mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about with this game in general. Lazio, um, are going to finish outside of the European places because of their failure to take advantage of a situation like this where Atalanta is short-handed and undermanned and they don't pounce and they don't take advantage and they don't finish it off. Um, Atalanta, and I want to ask you this, I, I, I know what my answer is, back-to-back right. clean sheets um, against Lazio and against Inter. And we... I, in particular, have railed on their defending Mm -hmm. and their penchant for conceding a lot of goals. Um, Is the, and I touched on this a little bit last week for why I think that this is a mirage. I'm going to say it's a mirage, but I I want to ask you about Atalanta all of a sudden, two straight clean sheets against good attacking teams. Um, Is this a trend that the defending is better and that, they're going to concede less goals, or is this just a mirage?
1: Well, I, I've been one of the one of the people who's, who've said that Atalanta do have a plan B. They just don't use it often. It's been a couple of years since they've used it. They they do know how to play defense. Do they know how to play two clean sheets like they did? No. I think this is a mirage, but I also think they are capable of playing better defensively. Um, are they going to give up three, four goals a game? No. I think – they have it in them to give, a, you know, a goal, a game, or something like that. Um, what they did against Inter, in particular, but also Lazio, was impressive. Uh, you know, and granted, you know, people not finishing their opportunities, you know, helps them as well. But it's certainly a mirage because I don't think they can keep it up. I think they're, I think Asprini has it enough in him to limit the opportunity by the opposition. Uh, When you play teams, as he learned, like PSG, I always bring up the PSG analogy because they did very good defensively in that game, but PSG just has so much talent and wave after wave after wave. Eventually it broke, right? And it happened in the 90th minute. And in in this instance, I think they don't have the defensive players to to make it zero, zero every game or keep shutouts every game, but they have the, they, they have the strategies to limit the opportunities. Unfortunately for Gasparini, his mindset is attack, attack, attack majority of the time. And maybe he's kind of re- realized this over the last several weeks, and maybe I should tw- hold it back a little bit. We're getting in the top four now. I, You know, my my, the margin of mistakes is getting smaller and smaller. Maybe I shouldn't be as reckless. And granted, that's out, out of their element because they like to attack and, and try to beat you by scoring more goals. But, you know, in the team that you're contending with for the Champions League spots, all have good defenses for the most part. You need to figure another way to win outside of just goals, and maybe mm. maybe it's a little bit of that. But I think that the mirage is the zero zero. That's not going to happen every week.
0: I think it's a mirage just because of the lack. This this is what Gasparini's doing until he can get everybody back. Um, and once Ilicic and Zapata um, and these guys are back out there, they're going to go back to the identity that has made Atalanta what they have become over the last few years, which is going to make them vulnerable. Um, So you're going to start seeing them go back to their pressing. You're going to start seeing them go back to their chance creation and things like that. And it's going to leave them exposed at the back. It's going to leave those spaces between the midfield and the defense that we talk about all the time. Um, All of a sudden those get exposed and teams can counter them as they've learned how to do. Um, This is the deficiency or this is maybe the, Drawback to Atalanta, while they're so fun to watch and can score wonderful goals and can and, and create so many things, and it's and it's amazing what they've accomplished. Yep. they've done the same thing for so many years, and I think people are teams in this league are catching on to to who they are and what they do, and they're having a they have they're having a counter plan for it, and they're having an effective one for it. Okay, teams in Europe now that they've seen them, same thing. Okay, and that's why they conceded so many goals in that Champions League group when with the likes of Villarreal and Manchester United. Yeah. Um, So I don't see this lasting. Um, I see this as going into survival survival mode until uh, Gasparini can get everybody back.
1: And and I agree with that. And I think Paul agrees with that as well. Um, But. This is all, again very anti Gasparini because in the past, when he's been in this situation, he's just gone for attack. Yeah, and I think he's realizing slowly but surely that maybe that's not always the best way sometimes. And again, if in this game, had he gone all out attack, Lazio could have made him pay, right? Lazio were not creating enough opportunities on, on their end. You know, some people in the chat mentioned it, and Chidi Moby is really the only, only guy right now. I mean, Sergey Milinkovic Savage and Luis Alberto need to be more creative, they were not in this game. Uh Kanye, you expect him to do a lot better than he did Felipe Anderson as well um, they just did not they weren't creative at all enough and that's why they had the zero zero this would have been a great opportunity for Lazio and Ball to kind of put their foot into the race and say we're going to be in this European and European race uh, and Ball, as we were seeing is just not there yet and we both said it's going to take a year a season to happen because um, he doesn't have his pieces let's see if they bring any bodies during the 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 winter break but or the the january window but i don't know man it's uh it's interesting with both these teams uh zero zero was not the score line i was expecting and unfortunately it was another snooze fest from the weekend
0: um yeah unfortunately is lazio chiro dependent
1: at the moment it seems like it when they don't create opportunities like in this game yes But this team has too much talent to be dependent on him. Now, do they have another goal scorer? They need a goal scorer. He's their only goal scorer. They don't have Casado anymore. Uh, Marici is not the guy who they need. They need to go out and find a striker to be a backup. Um, They don't have – Well, Joaquin Correa is obviously gone as well. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, But no, I mean, SMS can score. Luis Alberto can score. Just not enough. They're more playmakers than goal scorers. And looking at goal scorers, they are very dependent on Immobile's goals. When his goals dry up, the goals overall seem to dry up, right?
0: Yes, uh, he has seventeen of the team's forty-six goals in City this season. Um, I want—I can't think of anybody else with that. Ask <laughs> <That's> Jerry. <laughs> yeah, they're very dependent on Tiago and Jerry. Ask, ask Jerry. <laughs> um. I can't think of anybody else. Maybe Vlaovic, um, where a team is maybe yeah. more dependent yeah. on their scoring. Um, you know, and we'll talk about Cagliari Fiorentina. Vlaovic was not even on the substitutes bench today. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Seven. I heard it was COVID, but we, you know, there's always speculation. Maybe it's the Juventus, maybe it's uh, your English team. Who knows?
0: And statistically, Fiorentina is actually more dependent on Vlaovic than than Lazio is on Immobile, but it's not by much. Yeah. So, João um, Pedro,
1: can <laughs> yep. I see George in the crowd?
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, well, let's look at João Pedro. I mean, I think it's uh, Ciro Immobile has 17 of Lazio's 46 goals. Vlaovic has 17 of Fiorentina's 42 goal, I believe it was like 42 somewhere in there. Um, I could tell you how many goals Fiorentina have 41 goals. I'm sorry. Um, as I've got FootballReference.com has become my new best friend. Yeah. Sean Pedro from a percentage standpoint, <laughs> he has 10 of uh, calories, uh, 20 <laughs> 20, 20, 22 goals. Really? Yeah.
1: Fuck. See, there you go. The- Calidi is very dependent on Jao uh, Pedro more so than Chido or Vlahovic with their respective. That's clubs. a
0: forty five percent clip. Fuck me. Versus a forty one percent clip for uh, Vlahovic and a thirty seven percent clip for Chido. So, wow. Anthony is keeps saying Lazio would be in the bottom half if they did not have Chido. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um. I don't know about that. So, so yeah. So maybe so. From a percentage standpoint, um, Calderi is much more dependent on João Pedro than than Fiorentina yeah. and Lazio are dependent on Vlahovic and Romelu, respectively. Twist. But <laughs> Lazio and Fiorentina have scored almost twice the goals Calderi have too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <Yeah. laughs> George just walks in and he said, "Okay, this is a great time to talk about Calderi." <laughs> <laughs> And not in a good way.
1: Uh, not in a good way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never is. Oh, my. So, I mean, they go they go nil-nil there. Let's uh, get on. The re- let's batch the rest of this, yeah. Richard. I'll just jump right through this real quick. Uh, Hellas Verona beat Bologna by two goals to one. Um, Riccardo Orsolini in the 14th minute. Uh, Gianluca Caprari levels the scoring in the 38th. And then 85th minute. <laughs> Would you believe it? Would you believe the world that we're living in? Nikola Kalinic scores, and it's provided by Kevin Lasagna. A beauty too. That was a beauty of a goal like yeah, It was a good goal, but my goodness, this is this is how desperate we were for goals this weekend that we needed Kalinic to get on the board, and Calum we needed Calum Lasagna, complete. and we and we needed Lasagna to provide it. So. Oh, my goodness. Uh, speaking of goal draws. Let's get to a Genoa uh, new manager. Uh, Blessin. Uh, hashtag Gaggin Blessin. He's a Gaggin yeah. press manager. Yeah. Uh, Genoa nil. Udinese nil. Genoa looked pretty good in this yeah. game, too. Under the new style, they looked motivated. I made the comment about him last week. I'm going to double down on him. Manolo Portanova. Keep an eye on this young man. Uh while Genoa overall still stink, he's not bad. So...
1: Yeah, no, the team adapted to his tactics very quickly. Uh, The pressing is obviously what they needed. They're lacking in talent. They need to find ways to turn the ball over. Using the gegen pressing or a pressure type of system is perfect for that because that'll help hide some of your deficiencies. Now, granted, if you don't do a good job of your pressing, you leave the back door wide open. Luckily, it didn't happen this game for them because Udinese has some talented players up top, but yeah, that's the one what's the one flaw with the system. You you need to nail that that pressing because if if a team figures out a way to get past it, oh boy. Yep. You're, on the, you're on the you're on the mercy there, but uh, no, good result for Genoa I thought despite no goals they didn't give him any. So that's a rare
0: rare change I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, but uh, let's uh I, you know, if anything Genoa could be an interesting watch here in in the weeks to come under the new system. So um Inter and Venezia a shock was on the cards 19 minutes in there Venezia opening through Thomas Thomas Henri uh, uh from Ethan and Padu in the 19th minute it would be Nicola Barella making it 1-1 in the 40th minute um I mean Inter were Inter were just all over Venezia in this game um, outshot Venezia 24 to 3 12 shots on target Uh, for Inter. So that shows you the performance that uh, Luca Lazzarini had in goal for Venezia. Uh, But in the 90th minute, after all the chances that he squandered, Aiden Jekyll finally comes good, provided by uh, Denzel Dumfries uh, to win the game for Inter. Inter win two goals to one, um, keeping them in first. And right as of now, a four-point lead over Napoli and Milan, but a game in hand on both of them as well. Mm -hmm. uh sunday's action opened with cagliari and fiorentina um a fiorentina conspicuous by the absence of dusan vlaovic not even on the substitutes bench are the rumors continuing to swirl around uh biragi gets a penalty in the eighth minute that is saved uh by uh boris radunovic huh he gets a he gets a turn in goal um, and actually played pretty well, made five saves in this game. Forty uh, seventh minute, that man that Cali depends on for goals, Joao Pedro opens the scoring and puts Caliuri up by one goal to nil. A professional handball in the sixty fourth minute by Audrey Sola a in the in the penalty area, straight red sent off. But Joao Pedro cannot uh, double the scoring for Caliuri. Go easy on him. There is only so many goals he can score. Um, but 1-0 uh, nonetheless. Um, but Ricardo Sotil on an assist from Yusuf mali in the 75th minute would level the scoring. Uh, Christoph Piantek, as a substitute. Relatively influential, good target player, really didn't create anything dangerous or get anything dangerous for himself. Uh, that had to be noted, but 1-1 one, one there. Kallity slowly getting a little bit better here. We'll talk about that in a minute. Napoli 4, Salernitana 1. Uh, Juan Jesus scoring in the 17th minute on an assist from LG Felmas. But then 15-16 minutes later, nice little team move by Salernitana that ends with a Federico Bonazzoli goal from Wajdi Katrida making it 1-1, but that would only make Napoli angry. Uh, Dries Mertens would score a penalty just before halftime to make it 2-1. Amir Rahmani in the 47th minute, uh, putting it up 3-1, and then Federico... Frederic Viscelli with a handball, second yellow turning into a red. He's off. Lorenzo Insigne scoring one of his last goals that he'll score for Napoli um, before heading off to Toronto. Uh, four goals to one there. Spezia uh, continuing a winning run here of late. They uh, well, this is three straight for them. Don't look now. Uh, one nil over uh, Genoa or not Genoa uh, Sampdoria the other Genoa, Um, a uh, goal from Daniele Verdi from Kevin Agudelo, who seems to be the super sub uh, for Spezia these days, scored against Milan and now provider uh, to get the three points for uh, Spezia here. Uh, Torino won Sassuolo won Uh, Antonio Sanabria in the 16th minute uh, scoring to put uh, Torino ahead Giacomo Raspidori on an assist from Domenico Berardi just before the game ends. Uh, to make sure the points are shared. Uh, Ivan Joric was really pissed off about something. He got sent off. Um, And then Empoli, two. Roma, four. Uh, Roma just absolutely blitzed Empoli in the first half. Tommy Abraham making it one nil, and then making it 2 nil in the 33rd. Uh, Sergio Oliveira, the signing of January. I don't care how many days are left. I don't care what other business has to be done. This is the best signing of the January window, 3-0. Is on Yolo four nil uh second half empoli uh something they can hang their hat on uh and that's what you're looking for when you're four nil down at halftime come out and come out and ta- have some pride come out and play they get a couple goals pinamonte in the 55th Nedim bayrami one of our favorites in the 72nd uh making it four two uh richard where do you want to start
1: well, first, uh, real quick on the last game you mentioned, you know, many people were worried that, uh, Romo were going to blow that four nothing lead, uh, to Empoli, but Oliveira, great start for him. Uh, I'm going to start with Spezia. You know, Paul has a good question. You know, does Thiago Motta have a promising future in City? Yeah. I hope he does, mostly because he's not stuck in the old archaic ways. He's trying to be progressive. If he can get the players he wants, I'd like to see how he adapts his, you know, his 272 formation, which is not really 272, but, um, he's trying to think outside the box and that we like to see these managers who are pushing the limits, trying to try something new, you know, as Gasparini does at Atalanta, and some of the other managers, um, that they start getting some traction and doing well. We saw Vincenzo Italiano did very well last year. And now he's translating that with, with Fiorentina. Hopefully Tiago Motta can start getting some, getting some, um, wheels under him. I mean, three wins on the hop. Now that's good for him. I mean, got Spezia further and further away from the, from the drop zone, uh, which is only really good for them. You know, I don't think he's gonna last there forever, but maybe it signals a better job for him in Serie A because I, I do like minds like that. Uh, and then look in the uh, Derby della Campagna, I guess that's what it's called, right? N- uh, Napoli Salernitana. You mentioned it, man. Salernitana kind of pissed off uh, Napoli, and Napoli kind of just woke up and was like, "All right, we're getting we're taking care of the business here."
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> that's the kind of victory you expect from Napoli, right? A lot of these teams have been struggling against Salernitana, uh, and so. Seeing Napoli with the big win, saying you know, hey, don't forget about us. We're still in the Scudetto hunt here. Uh, they they they're what temporarily in second place at the moment, I guess, based on goal differential uh, or head to head. So yeah, yeah. Napoli are very much into this. Uh, Atalanta is now starting to flounder. Juventus are in this race. So it's this is a interesting race for sure for the top four. And then um, yeah, outside of that, um, Hellas again. Uh, uh, relying on Kalanich and Lasagna to get the winners there. You know, good for them. Hellas is a team that uh, not many people hate on them outside of the rivals, right? It's it's a team that – it's a small team that does well, the little engine that could. They find ways to win, uh, even when it's Kalanich. Um And they're they're very much – they're, what, mid-table at the moment? What are they? They were, like, ninth last week or something. Right now they are – Yeah, ninth, they're ninth. They're oh, ninth, ninth now, oh, yeah. ninth. So, yeah, it's just a little engine that could that finds a way no matter what. Plug and play. they doesn't matter to them. Um, similar to Atalanta in that vein. But, yeah, those are games I kind of focus in on. How about you?
0: Um, Let's see. Where to begin? Um, Caliuri, I, I see improvement. Um, you know, as long as George is in the room. Uh, you know, and I we can speculate if Vlaovic was in there is this game any different or anything I did Pjantec played well um yeah. so I don't think the striker was the problem uh for uh for Cali in this game um I think that they've got some things figured out I I actually am, I, I like Giorgio Altari as a defender for them um the the little bit I watched against Roma last week and watching him dealing with Felix I thought he was disciplined. I didn't. He didn't get carried away. He didn't get reckless. Now you got a yellow in this game against Fiorentina. Uh, you know, dealing with Gonzalez, who's certainly got more quality than. And Felix is a young player that might have a really nice future. Nicholas Gonzalez is an outstanding winger. Um, so clearly, Altare probably had his hands full a little bit more in this game. Um, you know, sign of a young defender that's just kind of feeling his way through. A surprise, Lovato didn't play from the start in this game because he's been someone that's been helpful for them. Yeah, no, I agree with uh, that. Since joining. Um, but when you look at them, they're they're starting to figure it out a little bit. They're maybe buying into Matsadi a little bit. They're definitely playing better. Um, you know, and and uh they've gotten a couple of wins, lost one nil, uh Taroma on a penalty. Uh, you know, so they're they're starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, Roma. I, I think this is what we we wanted. Roma. We thought Roma would be under Mourinho. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: And I think they're very much alive. Uh. For a top four place. Um. And that you know that they can get on they can get on a run here. It's the can they beat the seven sisters? You know when they have to play them. Yeah. Um. You know it's the same age old question with them. Sergio Oliveira is playing like he's been there for years. Um, I mean the man just loves to come to Italy and score goals ask Juve. <laughs> <I> mean, we <laughs> we talked about this when this transfer happened Richard. We said yep. it right from the start. We said my gosh. Um we said we we said look I mean this this is a brilliant signing for Roma. This is exactly what they need. Um and uh and he's paying off for them. Um when do you think Piantic will start for Fiorentina? Uh, he did today. So uh, against your Cali. George. You didn't watch your team play today.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think Piantic and Vlahovic could start together? They're very much the same
0: player. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm never a fan of two strikers of the same characteristics. In a in a two in a two. Neither, two mind, neither mind. Neither
1: mind. Neither mind. So
0: so no. Um, one is of the characteristics of Vlahovic and Piantic. Another one is a pacey guy that can move that can unbalance yep um you know and do things like that so you keep turning around are you looking to see if Buffalo's going to come back
1: this is a crazy game it's a crazy game the last minute has two touchdowns the last game last minute has had two touchdowns already or might have another point here it's been a crazy game anyway
0: four touchdown catches for gabe davis yeah holy cow
1: this is a fantastic game anyway um you know I, I, I sorry wanted... for those
0: of you I mean those of you in Dublin and Copenhagen and some of these other hot spots where we're pretty popular sorry I mean we're it's the American football has kind of been captivating this weekend
1: yeah so. uh and speaking of captivating nice segue Venezia right they're with their B lineup c lineup whatever the hell you want to call it against inter and nearly got away with a point in this one I mean they and I think hopefully we'll mentioned it in the chat but they played with their hearts in this one and they really had a chance. I mean, obviously Jekyll missing opportunities and, and Inter not doing their part, but they nearly got away with one. I mean, obviously class is not come out at the end and, and, and Inter and Jekyll found a way at the end. That's what champions do, but you know, you got to give it to Venezia for giving them their all. And, you know, many thought that they were going to, going to get blown out by Inter looking at the lineups between the two teams, but uh, they, they stuck it out. They found a way. And um, yeah, they can, they, even though they lost, they can hang their head on that. this is a, Decent performance, and they—I saw their their Twitter had some nice comments after the game, you know, for Inter. But um, it, it's not a bad. Usually losses are bad. This one, though, I think they can they can hang their head on that a little bit.
0: Uh, we talked about how great Oliveira has been for Roma. Uh, Mikael Uh fair to say—growing pains right now. Um, easy to be at Bayern Munich and play with an all-world play. Have, you know, you're know you going to look great with a team full of all-world players playing around you. Now you've got to come into a midfield position and be the man. What did I miss? Another touchdown, Buffalo. Yeah, Gabe Davis, 36-33. Uh, yep, 36-33. 13 <laughs> seconds left to go. Oh, what a game. Anyway.
1: My God. This is the game we thought Atalanta and Lazio was going to be. <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: We will it's just it, yeah it's bonkers wow um, anywho um, so where were we at? Where, where were we we uh, Cuisance. 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 yeah cuisissant uh he's gonna need time yeah because I mean he's it, he's coming from an environment where not much is expected of him to an environment now where much is expected of him for a young player you know uh, there's, there's different ways players adapt to that. I mean, you see lonies go out from bigger clubs and they struggle and they struggle. Yeah. Renato Sanchez. Right. I mean, do you think that's because they're coming from a, an environment where not much, not as much as expected of them to now all of a sudden they've got to try to flip that switch. I mean, and that, that, I'm just trying to figure this out. I mean, it's only been two games, and we're going to give Quezon some time. But there's there's talent to him, you yeah. know. He wouldn't be in Bayern Munich. He wouldn't have been in Bayern Munich's system if there wasn't.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, but it's uh, you know, he gets a yellow card in his first game playing against Empoli this time around. he did some okay things, but not not anything that would make you stand out.
1: Yeah, he'll he'll take some time. It's it's, you know, sometimes. When, the, when you go from a big club to a smaller club, you get more playing time it works out but for the most part like you said they they almost feel like they need to do more than they go outside of what they their bread and butter is and it shows because that's not how they play. that's not the style there you know so whether if you're a striker, you try to do too much uh, if you're a playmaker you try to make all these cheeky passes you know um, if you stick to what you're good at uh, the the results will come. granted you're playing with world-class players at Bayern Munich or if you come from any other big club, um, but still there's a, there's a tendency that you feel like, like you said, you want to be the, you want to show that you are every bit as good as what people thought you were. And so you try to do a little too much and it doesn't always work out, unfortunately. Right. So,
0: right. So let's see. I mean, we'll give him a little bit more time, but as a, as, as a new player, um, thoughts on Nani with Venezia, That was decent.
1: He made it, it was an instant impact. I thought
0: as a sub against, uh, Empoli. Yeah. He had an assist, didn't he? Um did he come on against Inter? First, first, first,
1: first touches and assist I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, he did come on uh didn't have as much time to make an impact um against um against Inter. Um let's see. Only got 8 minutes. You know, really didn't do anything with them. Uh a lot of that had to do with um um a lot of that had to do with Inter just having having dominance. Um so uh looking elsewhere uh just quickly on the table um you know we got torino and sassuolo drawing we got bologna losing bologna is continuing to lose games um do you continue is it surprising to you that sinisim hailevich is still there
1: no because of everything else if you look at the whole story no because you know there is a sweet spot for him yeah based on results yes but i you know because of everything that's happened with him there i'm not surprised he's still there but you know if this was anywhere else and that situation never happened he'd have been gone already
0: sure sure let me just pull up yeah i mean i just want to quick look and get an answer on are you shocked oh. that
1: he's uh still there
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think at some point, I'm actually kind of mildly surprised. Um, at some point, while you know, and I don't want to be overly critical here, but and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Richard. Th- this is still a business. Um, and in the end, you've you're gonna to have to make a decision. And if this team is sliding and it's starting to get Relatively dangerous. I mean, right now, 13th, 27 points. They're relatively safe. They're 10 points clear of the drop. Okay, but if they continue this free fall, you know, at some point, you're going to probably have to take a look and see how you're going to stop the bleeding. I'll say this. I don't think he gets beyond this season.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see... They amicably go their, their separate ways in the offseason, especially if it continues in this same trajectory that they're going right now. Um, this team is far too talented to be where they are on the table.
0: Yep. Bills and Chiefs are going to overtime.
1: Yep. Yep. Last Unbelievable.
0: Crazy game. And we're doing a podcast. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Moving on to transfers real quick, Richard. I don't know if there's a whole lot new to discuss. Um, I'm just kind of going through the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, notably, it has nothing to do with City, but Christian Eriksen is getting closer and closer to playing for Brentford in the Premier League. Good for
1: him. Good for him.
0: I agree. If he has gotten all of the medical clearance, all of the questions have been answered, the doctors are fine with it, everybody's fine with it, why not play? Okay? Yeah. yeah. Why not play? So... Uh, hopefully Brentford is delicate with it though. Um, yeah. but we'll see how that. I uh, thought
1: I was actually watching, um, Tottenham was playing somebody this weekend. I forget who it was. And I was thinking in the game before the Erickson news came out that i am like, what if Erickson came back and he played for, for Conte once again at Tottenham, you know, go back to Tottenham and just play a, a secondary role with him. But, you know, it'd be good to see it'd be a good story. And then he joins, you know, Brentford, they played Chelsea what, today
0: and they, yeah, they could have used them. I mean, yeah. they're just, they looked way out of their depth. Um, They were second best the whole game. Uh, So anyway, doesn't appear to be anything earth shattering. Uh, Actually, uh, I mean, Genoa, uh, Ricardo Calafiore is on loan now uh, from Roma. That's mildly interesting to try to give them a little bit of help. Um, Let's see what else here. He's Uh,
1: He's a left back, right? Or right back? Left wing. Left right? back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's is he gonna replace Crescito? I mean, is he at the minutes over Crescito?
0: I mean, it gives them some flexibility. You could play sure. a three yeah. three man defense with Crescito as the th- left side of a three man defense with Calafiore oh, as a wing. as a wing back. Yeah. Um, or that'll yeah. work. That'll work. Yeah. So uh Goldaniga joined uh Caleri from Sasuolo. Um Fares is on loan at Torino from Lazio. Uh, Benassi, who got some pitch time today for Empoli, on loan from Fiorentina. Um, and I think that is all we're going to see Paul, as far as the transfers.
1: We've been talking about Fratesi for a long time now. We certainly think he's going to be the next big thing. Uh, as soon as as soon as soon Locatelli left, we were like, watch out for Fratesi. Uh, he is an immensely talented midfielder who is starting, you know, he's in a perfect system with Sassuolo really to kind of flourish and really nurture himself as Locatelli did. Uh, and I think, you know, both Frank and I are very high on Fratesi. Uh, It's not just a flash in the pan or a product of being around talented offensive players like Sassuolo have. I think he is a good player. And I, I think Frank, you would agree. And uh, he's only going to go upward. I think right now, I think he's yeah. uh, something special. I think.
0: Yep. Yep. I definitely agree with that. Um, So I'm with you on Frittese. I thought he was the perfect plug and play for for Locatelli when they got him. Um, They made a smart decision on getting him. Um, You know, We'll see. He just got uh, to Sassuolo. I don't know if Sassuolo is going to be that quick to move on from him. I don't think they want to have this uh, revolving door of holding midfielders coming through their system. So I can't – I don't anticipate Frittese – Leaving for anywhere, but you also gotta think that Berlusconi and Galliani are, are going to get a cut of whatever transfer sale because he comes from Monza. Um, so speaking but, of Monza,
1: they might yeah. be in the league next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, we might see Berlusconi and Galliani back in our lives.
1: I, I so, was telling I think Martino this or somebody, but I was saying, like, imagine the scenes when Monza finished higher than Milan on the table. <laughs> Bunga party, bunga bunga parties all over the place.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. That is for sure. Um Yep, yeah, I I'm not watching it. I'm just I'm watching through your screen. <laughs> so Richard. So Do you want to move that a little bit so I can see? I shouldn't have my TV on over here, but <laughs> Anyway, no. Go ahead. You're we're good. You're you're on mute. You're trying to Honestly, see. I can't zoom
1: in my camera anymore, so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could, but
0: Whatever. <laughs> yep. yep. This is what happens when Americans are podcasting about Italian soccer during the NFL playoffs. So Monza will be just like a new signing. No. Michael is wearing that out on Twitter. You are wearing that out on Twitter, my man. <laughs> it's and he knows it's like nails on chalk to me. And he just keeps saying it though. <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome. So anyway. <laughs> All right. So those, th- that's the transfers. Any other, any other takes here on match week 23?
1: No, I know everyone is on Vlahovic watch. I mean, like I, like I said, I heard that he had COVID that's why he was out, but you know, people are starting to speculate that maybe he's, he'll go to a Serie A team, maybe go to England, th- English team. I'd imagine English cause they have the, they have the money over there, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. we got still, you know, seven days left in the window or whatever, eight days um i imagine things will happen here at the last week or so hey we got uh we have an international break we call it the transfer break we're gonna have a lot of stuff going down we can watch and see what happens maybe a big move happens i don't know we'll see
0: yep yep we shall see all right well i think we've exhausted everything that there is to exhaust about match week 23 let's now move on to the world's most popular hashtag game it's time for who won Celt show twitter richard lead us off
1: would help if I didn't unmute myself or I unmute myself, right? Uh starting of off first, course. um Gianni. Gianni forever trying to get into this and he gotta go in this week. It's uh has this been done yet? And it's uh holding the referee's face. And uh same thing with the Godfather says I know it was you, Fredo, you broke my heart. Uh, I forget <laughs> what the rest of the quote was, but yeah, that's a good one. That's a good you one. You broke
0: my heart. <laughs> There's a plane waiting for us. Don't make a big deal of it. <laughs> let's see uh, and then we've got uh, nicholas dg replying that was the same thing hang on a second here all right so yep, cliff thing. replying to um oh at cliff ask me all um <laughs> arsenal thinking they're a quote-unquote bigger club than juve uh GIF of ron burgundy we are laughing
1: <laughs> and then I, I think he nominated me because i said they're not even bigger than fiorentina
0: Ah, okay. Well, you're an employee of Syria Sit Down. You're not eligible for victory here. So. This is true. This is true. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that that's all in the uh, transfer saga as to where <laughs> uh, Vlaovic might go next. So,
1: yeah. All right. Next one is uh, from Syria Memes, uh, and it's uh, a picture of Sabdoria. It says, What a season, huh, Mr. Giampaolo? You've just arrived.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice oh man alive! Oh. okay so um next one i nominated uh saturnian um at saturnian 13 how figc collect urine samples from atalanta players this is the video of the geologist that's collecting lava samples <laughs> why would you why would anyone oh. sign up to do this
1: i know i know i know oh my god! how
0: nuts do you have to be this guy's got to be a hit at parties, by the way. Yeah, if you're doing that, if you're doing stuff like this. <laughs>
1: oh, <gosh. laughs> all right, all right. Next one. Uh, the original tweet came from Nikola, Shk- uh, Sh- uh, Nikola Shida. He's a is a famous reporter who goes around, and he he's all the transfer gossip. You want to go to him? He's one of the best in the business. He tweeted out that uh, Dusan Vlahovic uh, is not going to be play against Cagliari Fiorentina because he came down with COVID nineteen. That's where I got it from. Uh, and so the tweet. For Who Won to Twitter was from Joe Cappuccino. Uh says the variant Juventus. The, <laughs> the Juventus variant.
0: logo on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. All right, Amazing. now moving on. Uh, at LDV 1995, Luventino, the stuff of nightmares. uh, uh Manchester United's formation. Uh, where it's Manchester United starting a lineup? I believe this was against uh, this was from this weekend actually against West yep. Ham, uh, but everyone's Rabio. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: oh nightmare, nightmare stuff of nightmares. All right, not too bad, it. not too bad at all. What else we got here? Okay, so Napoli came out with their forty seventh jersey of the of the season uh, with fire logo on it. Uh, this is actually not one of the worst ones I would say, but. Um, not bad. Uh, at Melchizio says, uh, had to be done, and it's a picture of uh, Peter Parker with glasses off, and oh, Champions League, put the glasses on? Oh, it's Napoli's kit, never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty good, Melchizio. Uh, I think we've yeah. got a leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. So, alright, let's see here. And then, uh, let's see, uh, this one I nominated, this one I was in the middle of the game, because I was live tweeting the milan huve game, and this one came across, and I just was like, oh, this is funny. Because, <laughs> There was a lot of Tonali, Locatelli compar- comparisons going on. And uh, at Julio Groan, Tonali pee in Locatelli mouth every day, all year long. What a talented player. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I just replied. And, I replied with the, that's one way of putting it. Yep. That one just kind of caught me off guard because I'm like hearing all of this. And he just, he just comes out and says it. He's, 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 ton- mm. Tonali pisses in Locatelli's mouth.
1: He said what well, we're all thinking, right? Uh, <laughs> I guess it took some extent. All right, the last one. This is the one you were talking about. So the original tweet was Inter extra and it says Inter are planning an assault on Juan Cuadrado at the end of the season. <laughs> da, da, da. So uh, Juanes or Yanis says uh, the assault.
0: It's <laughs> throat
1: punch to Cuadrado by Paris.
0: <laughs> planning an assault. They, they the assault's already <laughs> happened. <laughs>
1: It's, oh, this Mil- it's this one or
0: Melchi it's this one or Melchizio
1: yeah yeah uh, Gianni had to go too. that's close but yeah uh, I don't know um Melchiio Melchizio which <laughs> that's not that's good a lot of people have used that I'm gonna go with originality this on this one I'm gonna go with Giannis for me
0: I'm with you I'm with you Giannis wins all right, Giannis so Kambi, like this Kansas is the one that Cambylazzo just uh, nominated. All right, Cambylazzo, keep him coming, man. Yeah, yeah. Interfan North. Okay, so all right, so I'll go ahead and uh, let's see. Just like the Kansas City Chiefs have won, we have a winner here for a first-time
1: winner with Janusz. Uh, with, the, with the under underscore entry.
0: nine. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, so programming note uh, we have the international break, quote unquote. Uh, there are no games actually taking place in this international break. Next game is on, I think, February 6th. So, yeah, another week, week and a half, uh, no games here. So, which is fine, I guess, you know, we'll take a break. Uh, the but you know, there will be transfers still going on. The transfer season will be an opportunity for all of us to focus on that and no games, which is, I guess, is nice in a way. We'll be watching all the, the, the reporters like Nicola Sheeta commenting on what what may or may not happen so you know keep an eye for that Di Marzio's of the world as well um uh, but yeah it's going to be uh, interesting here next game next uh, we got a doozy coming back it's going to be the derby della madonnina uh big game on the line a scudetto six pointer here really next two games for inter you got milan and then you got napoli two and three in the table what a way to make a statement you get six points as nima says it's scudetto over uh we'll see It's a big game there, and uh, don't look now, but you got a couple other tasty games: Fiorentina, Lazio, Juventus. Hellas, don't discount Hellas there, Uh, and um, Udinese, Torino could be quietly a good game there. So we're all going to be. I think I'm going to be on Bremer watch by Delhi moves. Okay,
0: gotcha, gotcha. I am. I'm just going to recharge uh, over the next couple of weeks and uh, t- and just kind of take it easy and get caught up in some things around here. So it's going to be nice to not have the couch and not have the things to worry about, uh, plenty to get caught up on and that sort of thing. But I'll uh, have my eye on what's going on with the transfers, anything catching my eye. Uh, you'll hear from me and you'll see from me at FTC underscore 21 on my Twitter account. Um, oh. Got too excited there. Yeah, I lost my headphones there for a minute. So... Uh, so check me out there. Um, be glad to um, uh, interact with all of you. Uh, answer any questions. Have any conversations about calcio? I mean, especially calcio from the past. I'm a I'm a sucker for those kind of things. Con- yeah, we,
1: we took like thirty minutes talking about the best defenders uh, of all time. We did.
0: So it was good. We did. Yeah. I mean with with not with no goals or with hardly any goals we had to find something to talk about so We had to talk about defense. Went, we had to go back to And that. you know what? <laughs> and you know what? It was the chat. It was the chat. Got to love the chat. I kind of try all. to figure out how to point to where the chat is on my screen. So um yeah, it's that way. Okay. To your left. Okay. Okay. Um to my left? Yeah.
1: There you go. Other left. There you go. <laughs> I just my wrist doesn't turn that way. That, you can use the that chat your hand. right
0: there. All right. <laughs> so they uh, they were all outstanding, and uh, to to generate that conversation, it was a lot of fun talking about that and just kind of ranking and filing uh, the great defenders of Italian football. Um, that was a lot of fun to talk about. So chat, you brought it. Awesome stuff. Um, any other? And and ooh, I I'm getting ahead of myself. We're putting a bow on this edition of sedia sit down if you haven't figured that out by now uh richard anything else to shamelessly plug
1: yeah i want to give a shout out to alberto for all UVA casts, and as well as uh inter haiti our man with the uh, brothers of the world podcast uh one of the great, one of the best uh shit talkers on who on couch twitter both of them helped us out with uh last week's um fan cams and so this week we also got a couple here for the milan uh Juve game too so those coming out here in the next couple of days so shout out to them give them a follow we'll, we'll link them in the uh in the
0: YouTube description here. So, Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, I'm at FTC underscore 21, as I said earlier. City, I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Wherever there are podcasts, there is City, I sit down. Uh, You can go to at City, I sit down on Twitter or Instagram. Shoot us your comments. Any questions, any uh, thoughts on what you're seeing? Who won Calcio Twitter nominees? Just hashtag who won Calcio Twitter in a reply, in a retweet, something like that, give us that. Uh, It's got to be funny without being offensive. Um, That's all we ask. We don't want to try to upset any certain demographics or fan bases or anything like that. So um, also available on Facebook. uh, Should you need to connect with us there? uh, We're happy to do so. Uh, So in in short, we're everywhere. Uh, So uh, do check us out. Until then, Richard, we got a got a short break here now.
1: Yeah, I get a chance to make amends for a couple weeks here, so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You got uh, you've got uh, 101 ways to say I'm sorry. That's right. (laughs) Probably have to go higher than that, but yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, good luck to you with that. Uh, We'll uh, we'll hopefully you're back with us here in a couple of weeks. So uh, so we'll be back in two weeks time. Enjoy uh, the international break. Enjoy maybe some of the games. I know I should – I will be watching Team USA, uh, you know, over the course of these qualifiers as well. Uh, The friendlies, not, 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 not so interested in. So we'll see about that. But until next time, for Richard, I'm Frank, and as always, be sure to tell your paisans about us. Ciao.